blisters bubble as you clutch a red dragon. A bearded woman punches from behind her flagon. Dead bog all around. You're sinking in the sand. An important contract turns to ash in your hands. In a faraway land, peasants politely pray to Zeus. I wonder if he'll grant them any cauldron juice. The last thing that happened was that... We got on a ship, and all the little not-goblins followed us. They're not-goblins? All the little goblinoids came onto the ship with you, and probably maybe between 100 and 200 of them have joined you on this merchant vessel. You guys are just moving away from the docks. You're no longer connected to it. And you're all still on top of the deck, and you're looking back at the city, and... You see these goblinoid creatures all trying to jump on these ships that are now leaving the port, not wanting more of these things to join them. But lots of these things did get onto ships and are sailing along just like the ones that are on your ship. What did you guys do? But the the city the, the city street and and the streets beyond and the alleys beyond you can see, are just, like, filling up. They're still coming in to the city. And you guys hear uh, some roars. Some horrible lizard-like roars. Oh, no. And you look over, and there are a set of maybe a dozen dragons that have flown out from under the forest canopy that is south of Firelight. They are swooping down and scooping up 20 or 30 of these goblinoid creatures at a time into their mouths and chomping down, breathing fire down onto them, and then they get to the southern wall. And they, they easily fly over it um, and continue to eat these goblinoids and, and start wrecking the city street that you guys are slowly moving away from. Oh my god. Setting it on fire and people are panicking and screaming and trying to get away as quickly as they can. The captain turns to y'all and he goes, my city. Am I awake yet? No, you're still unconscious. You're in um, Anthel's arms. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm holding you. <laughs> oh! Of course you would be my rescuer. I'm not surprised. And as you move away, you can do nothing but watch. Can I push a goblin right in the water? Uh, we'll get to that. There's going to be plenty of that. <laughs> There's nothing you can do, and the, the dragons are just lighting up the city. They're ha- they, they seem to really <laughs> be having a ball as they destroy Firelight's ports and munch down on these creatures. Oh, man. The person that we found on the deck that could speak to the goblinoid, what, what was that conversation's uh, finishing touches? Uh, Bob, uh, a old wizened woman, she she spoke bad goblin and talked briefly to, like, the chieftain goblin who's, like, fat, really super fat and jeweled compared to the other ones. 
they basically had told they had just told you that they were being chased by something and they had to leave their their home and that they knew that people had a settlement here that they definitely most of the time kept away from but you know they obviously had no choice got it it was a lot quicker or a lot uh, closer than i thought <laughs> yeah well that's where we're at here so there are uh, crates on the deck unput away. There are crew, and they're starting to do their jobs, um, probably in a sad way, because, um, you know... Yeah, there are whole cities destroyed. You guys could convince the captain to go back to Firelight, I suppose. Um, you're, you're more than welcome to do that if you can. But the, the crew start pulling masts and... No, pulling ropes and uh, letting sails fly. They do it with a with a kind of remorse, and uh, they they try their best to ignore these hundreds of goblinoid things on the deck with you. Yeah, I'd say there's no chance if we go back. We should, as sad as it is, just continue on our way as fast as possible. I I have to agree. All we can do is hope that the uh, the city governors find some way to hem the damage, and that the dragons leave after devouring these little motherfuckers. <laughs> I say to the captain, we need to continue to rook Glenn as, our, as is our plan. I think that's the best course of action. The captain doesn't really know what you're doing with Aziza there, but goes, aye, that's the plan. And the, uh, the goblin chieftain is like hesitating and, and almost backing up as you bring Aziza close to it. <laughs> cool. And she's still unconscious, and I will tell you guys that if she remains unconscious for too long, she will start taking damage. Oh. What? All right. <laughs> Why is this? So who can, can somebody uh, take care of her? Yeah. Somebody get me a like. Do we have any water or anything to try to get this thing awake? I'm tired of holding it. My medicine check is negative one. There's no chance. Uh, who are you asking? Are you just? I'm announcing. You're announcing. Um, the crew are probably all too busy and too too busy doing their things. You're, you could stop one of them, they, and I'll, I'll, you know if you grab one of them, I'll tell you who it is and, and what they do, and that you can talk to them. Um, but obviously, Xander and uh, Kosif here and, and Tam uh, aren't well versed in healing. So as as you're kind of trying to find a way, Tam leans over the deck and pukes horribly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, looks back up at you and goes, this isn't going to be good for me. And the reason Tam is seasick is because Maggie, who plays Tam, is uh, is not feeling well. So we'll have some some uh, some parallels there. I, uh, I clap uh, Tam on the shoulder and dump, don't worry, you'll get over it, I'm sure. Yikes. Maybe. <laughs> A large, muscly, dark-skinned human woman walks up to Tam and says, "Come, come on with me. I'll, uh, I'll help you recover from seasickness. Your first time." And Tam just like nods, and uh, the woman takes Tam below deck. Muscle-bound woman, before you leave, do you have anything to wake somebody up? I, I grab her on the arm and I say, "A bucket of water, quick." Uh, you grab the the woman. Yeah, just in the just like tap her on the arm as she passes and say. A bucket of water on your way back if you can. She looks at the tiefling in your arms and nods and takes Tam below deck. You all are at sea. Um, and there's these little 
goblinoids who uh, were there. Um, do you? What do you want to do about Aziza? So if if the lady doesn't come back with water, which I was going to pour on her, and I know that's not a good thing because it might wake her up, then uh, I mean check to see if she herself has any potions or anything to heal her with, and if I mean. Obviously, I'm going to, to keep her near us, though, because the goblins are scared of fucking her. A halfling woman comes up uh, with a bucket of water from below deck, and she says, uh, I, I hear there's uh, there's some trouble. Yes. This tiefling here is uh, stone cold. <laughs> Need to get her up. Aye, no problem. And she takes the bucket and she just splashes it onto you both. <laughs> 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 you're you're still knocked out. What? Let's see if Aziza. Let's see if Aziza wakes up. Uh, Aziza, why don't you roll a, um, I guess a Constitution saving throw. <laughs> yeah. And if you fail this, you're still gonna be uh, unconscious. Fuck. Do it, do it, do it. By the way, uh, Anthel, you're also soaked. Yeah, I'm drenched. I'm okay with that. Uh, I only rolled a seven. <laughs> Aziza. Uh, you, you flinch and, uh, you're, you remain unconscious and you take two damage oh, for remaining unconscious. Fuck. Oh no. Uh, oh no. Maybe we should just, I mean, do we have a boat? We, maybe we can lower next to the, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Lower that next to the thing, make the splash, just you know, throw her in the water. on the water, wake her up. I yeah, am going, you guys are all going to die when I get up. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what the heck is going on. I'm going to give you a small hint to check everybody's pockets for something. Got it. Okay, well, I, I said that if the if the bucket didn't work, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can uh, check her pocket. I do have uh, a plus three of slide of hand, so... She's unconscious. You don't need a slide of hand check. Hell you can yeah. reach right in there. I'm going to um, check. In her little bag, she's got the honor note that you got from the mayor of Brooklyn or the mayor of uh, Firelight. Um, that's worth thirty thousand gold. You find a potion of healing, a little like military insignia, which you recognize to be the insignia of an officer, Anthel. Oh shit! And you also find a small bag of uh, scrying bones. All right, I'm going to take the healing potion and the insignia. I'm going to pocket the insignia, and I'm going to try to use the healing potion on her. Okay. So, yeah, you're able to pour... Are you holding her? Are you setting her down? Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna lean her against a barrel. Okay, so you lean her up against a barrel, and uh, you pour the healing potion into her mouth, and you use up the healing potion she had in her pocket. Aziza, you are now conscious. <coughs> oh, thank God. What happened? You hit your head. You turned around and you slipped on the deck and and you, you hit your head on one of those uh, one of those boxes I carried you on board kind of using you as a shield against the goblins you don't <laughs> seem to like you much what you're kind of like a you know on board like an aura yeah on board what Aziza <laughs> you uh, you look around you and you see a circle that is clear all the way around you and there are no goblinoids within a couple of feet of you in like a in like a circle hmm. but they are around the outside of where you are standing so they they've all bunched up and they're like trying to get away from you hmm. and uh, it's a blue sky <laughs> and you're on some wood 
No. And, and you're drenched. The ground, and you're drenched, yeah. And the ground does not feel super solid. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, Xander. Yes. And Kosi. Yes. <laughs> make a perception check. Uh, seven. I'm gonna be at 14. Kosi, you're distracted by... Um, Aziza becoming conscious and Xander, you guys are on the aft of the of the deck. You're you're near the back of the boat. And Xander, you're a little more towards the fore and the front of the boat. And you hear two people arguing. I'm gonna go towards the people who are arguing, but I'm gonna do it stealthily and hide. Okay, so you're gonna hide behind some crates that are still on the deck? Yes. I'm going to eavesdrop check on this, yes. <laughs> you don't need to make a check. You you hear Two people. One, you're not sure uh, if it's a man or woman, but the other one is a, a man with a deep voice and a sharp dwarven accent arguing with somebody, and you hear them. Uh, you overhear them. Imagine kind of Sean Connery's accent coming out here. <laughs> <laughs> it is D&D, so your imagination can run rampant. It's fine. <laughs> I do, I do have to ask, are the goblins, like, seeming hostile, or are they just kind of chilling right now? Because I thought that we hacked up a couple, or are they just kind of, like, <laughs> hanging out? The goblins around you, all around here, are just, like, watching. Um, they just have, like, simple clothing on, and, they're, like, they're all about a foot high. Um, they're all pretty ugly. Just and to be clear, they're very they, ugly. They <laughs> are super, super ugly. They look like... They have feelings. I imagine too. them like gnomes, kind of in Harry Potter, where they're just like kind of potatoy. So they're just watching you. Like they're unarmed. There were you, you the conscious people, <laughs> the people who were conscious would know that there were a few. If you remember, that used uh, some magic to get on board. Yeah. Um, and those ones had spears, but there were only like six of them. If you look around you, most of the goblins just like look up at you, and they're just kind of like. Trying to not be in the way and trying to not get knocked over. Got it. Okay. Xander, you hear you hear a dwarf go, Marius, knock it off. The things you say sometimes worry me. I think you need to reconsider your loyalties. You hear some walking, and then an elf, a, a pale elf, walks past you, Xander, as you hide behind a crate and goes below deck. I'm going to follow her, but I'm going to stealthily follow her. Uh, make a stealth check. Okay. That is going to be a 25. You <laughs> sneak down deck. OP. Yeah, right. <laughs> you, you sneak down deck after her, and she walks over to a door on this first level, and at the top it says, First Officer. And you quickly, as you walk down the stairs, you jump behind them. You watch her open the First Officer door, and then close it behind her. I'm going to go up to the door and I'm going to see if I can listen to anything else. Okay, we're going to get to that in a minute. Okay. Anthel and Aziza and Kosef on top of the deck. Um, there are people who are running around on top of the deck and they are navigating and pulling sails and you see um, a man who's with the captain. Bob went back below deck uh, feeling like she didn't, you know, she didn't want to talk to the weird goblin Annoyed anymore, and so she Bob went back below deck, and the captain is talking to a man, and they're looking at some charts. Got it. Is a uh, I mean Sal that my elf friend Sal is still with us, right? Is she doing anything? 
Yeah, we didn't we didn't super address this um, in the last one because I was focused on on you all. Yeah. But uh, Hecuba, uh, who you found to be Tam's aunt, um, Hecuba is on board with you. She went down below deck with Tam to comfort him. So she's up there with you guys on on the top of the deck and kind of watching what's going on. Can I attempt to talk to some of these goblins? Because <laughs> I speak goblin. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> They're racist. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want to say, uh, Aziza, you you go for it. Okay, well, I turn to the nearest one that has not managed to get out of the standard radius, apparently, (laughs) around me. (laughs) And say, what is your problem in Goblin? It looks vaguely female, and, like, as you look at it and talk to it, it stumbles backward over its own feet falls and then like crab walks backward into the crowd of other goblinoids. Wow, things. what did you say to him? Damn, I must be scary. Do I look scary? I don't think do I look scary? <laughs> nah. As Anthel and Kosif uh, hear that come out of Aziza's mouth, you you look at Aziza who is drenched in water, her clothes sagging, uh, bags under her eyes, flushed from being just being unconscious, with her horns, her dark purple skin, yellow <laughs> eyes, and black hair. Now nah, you don't look intimidating at all. I rip off a part of my sleeve, and I say, you might want to clean yourself up. Dude, I don't think you have any sleeves left. Why don't you just keep your clothes on? <laughs> just keep your shirt on, Kate. This is not one of those things. Fair enough. Uh, whatever. I am now going to strut about the deck. Seeing if they continue to keep a circle around me, because I now find this amusing. <laughs> as you stand up, they uh, jump again, and as you start walking around deck, a path <laughs> clears for you. I'm like a god. <laughs> if you were to try to like step near one, uh, there would they would instantly clear out where you stepped. They they don't seem to particularly care for you. As she as she starts walking, I say, "Speak to the big fat one." <laughs> so be it. Where is he? Around. Um, he's he's a little ways away, up near the the aft of the deck. There are some other crew people who are look distracted from their duties because they're looking at this thing because he's hideous, <laughs> and he seems to be conferring with his other uh, other goblinoids around him. Can I hear what they're saying, or am I not close enough yet? Yeah, you walk up to them and they notice you and then you stop talking, but what you heard is um, a dialect that is really hard for you to understand. You do speak goblin, and you're probably not really sure why you speak goblin, but you do. I don't know why that is a thing. (laughs) You, um, yeah, they are speaking a really strange dialect, and, and it's like listening to somebody with an extremely heavy accent. You basically hear the words stuck and lucky, um, dangerous, and then they stop talking when you come up. Okay, well, I look at the fat one, hideous one, apparently. Be gone, foul demon. So I reply (laughs) in Goblin that I'm not a demon, and I ask if he's the Goblin King. You clearly demon. Look at horns. I'm only half. Two legs and horns. Demon. Interesting. And uh, by the way, none of uh, 
Kosef and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, Anthel there. All you hear is just like, <laughs> um, and he says, King Mikey is dead. I lead for now. Hmm. And uh, by the way, so I have not described this thing to you. Uh, he's like, he looks like the other things, but he's like four or five times their size. He's hugely fat. He's no taller. And he has like, he's adorned with like uh, stuff that looks really strange on him because all of the rest of them are just kind of wearing like loincloths and like, <laughs> like wet leather. And he's like adorned with rings and a small circlet on his head. And uh, he, he has like shiny chain mail around a neck that he's like wearing as a necklace hmm. and, and so yeah he's clearly the leader but uh he he kind of looks at you and and says what do you want why were the dragons chasing i explained this to ancient woman dragons chase us because we are tasty oh so you're like dragon <laughs> they're kibble they are kibble. <laughs> so that doesn't translate super well. And and he puffs up at you and goes, We are warriors. That ran away. Right. That I say under, I say that under my breath, by the way. <laughs> no choice but to take passage. We go to other island. That's a great question, actually. I turn around to Anthel and I say, Where are we going? Continuing to Rook Glen, from what I understand. Watching you was a half-elf man from up on the aft deck. He comes down near where you're talking, and he's kind of like, a, he's got like a bluish hue to his to his skin, and he's like a slight man. We are going to Rook Glen, my great tiefling. We have trades to do there. My name is Silas. What is yours? Silas, I'm Aziza. Lovely to meet you, Aziza. If you need a tour of the ship, you might ask me. Uh, so let's go back to um, Xander below deck. Xander, you walk up to the door of... Sneakily, mind sneakily, you. Sneakily, and you should know that there is like a hallway on either side of this door. So this room is kind of like in the middle of two hallways that go down the uh, the ship. And that you would hear some goings on down the hallway, like people doing normal things, uh, doing things on the ship. Um, You don't hear anyone coming, but uh, you'd be able to get up to the door and put your ear to it. Which is exactly what I do. Okay. You hear some scratching and some paper shuffling. (laughs) Okay. No talking, though? No, no. Uh, you from the where you're standing, you would probably guess that it's not a huge room. Okay. Um, if you look behind you, there is a another door, and it says navigation. Okay. And uh, just so you guys are are aware, up on deck there, uh, the way the way the ship is laid out, there are two decks that are raised, and that's at the front and the back. And then where you guys are all standing, that's in the middle, and it's lower down, and that's where all all the cargo is and where the masts stick out of. At the back, basically underneath the back deck, which is also called the poop deck. Just had to mention that. Yeah, I did. um, Is the captain's quarters, and it's labeled as such. I'm going to go into the navigation room. Okay, so you, uh, you try the door, and it's open, and no one is in there. 
It's a small room. There is a uh, map on the wall of the world. Perfect. There are some equipment and things for navigating like you'd expect. Ink, compasses. Okay. I am going to look around and see if I can find a route thing on a map or anything like that. Would that be like an investigation check? A what? Since I'm looking for something. I'm going to see if there's like something that's mapping out the route that we're taking. Yeah, make an investigation check. Okay, that is 18 plus whatever my bonus is, so 21. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah, you... Are you going to nerf him at some point? He's really bad at certain other things, so... Well, I'm horrible <laughs> at certain other things. Why do you think whenever he says perception check, I cringe a little bit? <laughs> Sacrifices were made. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Intelligence in particular. You shuffle around, and you're able to see pretty clearly marked firelight, and then a trail, and it's like a temporary ink trail that leads up to uh, the Maple City, which is a port city that is several miles south of Rook Glen. Okay, and there's no other stops between now and there? No, the plan seems to be uh, clear to you that that... They want to go to the Maple City. Okay. Um, in this room, is there any map that looks like it's, you know, not being used or wouldn't be missed if I were to take it? Sure. There's a bunch of maps in a roll in rolls in like a in like a vase or a big jar on the floor. Um, there's a bunch of them. I'm gonna pull one out and look at it. Okay. It's a big map of the world. It's got longitude and latitude on it, and it's basically unmarked. All right. Major cities on there and everything like that, though. Yep, major cities, okay. roadways, mountains, rivers. Would it fit in my bag? Yes. Okay, I'm going to take it. Okay, of so course you, he is. You fold it up a bit and put it in your bag. Um, yep. Some <laughs> other... Now we're going to leave the room. Okay, you leave the room. There's no one in the hallway. All right, I'm going to go back above deck and see if I can find the dwarf man Marius was talking to. Man, it's a good thing I didn't make anyone promise to not do anything illegal. Or suspicious while we were on the ship. <laughs> no one knows that I took it yet. Mm-hmm. And besides, we have plenty of goblins to blame. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. They are excellent cannon fodder. They really need some wing cloths. Oh my god. So, at that bad joke, let's take a break. This is your DM Grant, and thanks for making it through this really slow episode. <laughs> I know it's a little bit of a different pace, and I think I was, at this point, um, just needing a, a bit of a break, and I do take that with my players, um, and, and you know, we did a kind of a chill episode. We did a setup episode, because episodes 9 lead into... 10 and 11 and those are some of the most important episodes in this series and i'm really excited to share those so so we're getting through this one and um we enjoy ourselves yeah um, like i said earlier maggie who played tam is legitimately sick she's out of this one um and so we're missing her energy um and she's out of the next one as well which we also play off of seasickness she's fine though she returns uh in episode 10 to join the rest of us 
what else? Um, there are maps mentioned in this episode, and there are going to be maps on the website of the world. Um, they're really crude right now, and I'm just hoping to make them really great and elaborate and detailed so you can get an idea of where the players have been, what they're doing, and what else is around in the world. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. If you're really liking this and you want to support us, please go on Patreon and maybe give us a few dollars if you'd like to. We'd love to see that. I get really inspired um, every month when the dollars that come in from that um, hit my bank account and I see that. And I just get so pumped to do this for you, Um, especially with this episode. I spent a ton of time on it um, because there's five player tracks and there was a lot of audio issues that you shouldn't even know about. Um, but, uh, that's it. I'm gonna stop rambling. You, you just, uh, enjoy this chill out episode and hopefully it, it is a little bit more relaxing than your, your standard fair D&D session. Afterward, we'll get on to the next one. Still planning to upload next week. I love you and have a lovely, lovely day. Yeah, I would like you all to uh, do whatever you want. Um, I'm gonna, if if you guys are get, become in a, in a place where you're not sure, I'll I'll fast forward because it is going to take several days to make this journey, and so I'll I'll go, I'll fast forward to moments if you if you guys stop uh, thinking of what you want to do next. I'll, I'll move the story forward when you guys aren't doing that and uh one thing you said while we were on the break was that you wanted to push off some goblins into the water and uh if you if your character thinks that's the right thing to do i would say (laughs) go for it i think we should get the goblins on our side are you telling anyone that in character i how close is um anthel to me he is probably yeah he's probably like 10 or 20 feet he was watching you walk up to the goblin chieftain and same with xander or no same with Kosov. Kosov is near them, and, and Sao as well, on top of the deck. Hmm. Okay. Captain Hooten sees Xander walk up above deck. Oi, boy, what you doing down there? Well, sorry, I was... Good one. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I was just concerned about my friend who's seasick. He nods reluctantly at you. Uh, the man who was uh, looking at charts with him uh, goes into the captain's quarters. And Captain Hooten uh, walks up onto the back deck and uh, does a bit of steering. Steers the boat, takes over from from uh, an elf, a woman elf with auburn hair, who who goes and uh, starts tying knots on the side of the deck. Are you going to tell us what you heard? Or are you not like going to tell us what you heard? <laughs> we don't know he heard anything. I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know that I heard anything yet. I'm. I'm going to still be looking for the dwarf man with the impeccable Sean Connery accent. 
Uh, you, you look up and on the front deck there is a dwarf and there's actually two dwarfs. Um, one a man, one a woman. The man, he's, uh, he's beefy and he's talking to um, this woman and they, he's talking to her in low tones up on the front of the deck. I'm going to... If Cam was here, this would be a lot easier. Um, huh. mm-hmm. I am going to go over to the rest of the party. And I am going to tell them, hey, heads up, I don't trust the first mate. Okay, so uh, Aziza is not near Kosif and Anthel. Aziza is over by the chieftain. And you would probably walk over, I'm guessing, to Sao and Anthel and Kosif. Yes, that is where I would walk. I'm going to wave wave Mars down if possible, because I've got something I want to say to her, too. Or Aziza, excuse me. I'm going to wave Aziza down. Okay, so I guess I, I'll come over and join you guys. Okay. Why don't you trust the first mate? I heard her over talking with that dwarf man up there about something along the lines of you need to know where your loyalties are or you need to pick new loyalties. Are you sure that's what you heard? That's uh, what I heard. I don't know which side of mutiny she's on. So you definitely suspect mutiny, though? Yes. Sal, Sal goes, well, well, we'll have to keep our eye out. We just listen in and uh, try not to be obvious to anybody. Just uh, uh, lay low and, and pretend like you fit in, I guess. Well, that'll be easy for me. Who do you think he's mutinying against? I mean, how many people are actually, like, crew on this ship? As you guys are, like, in hushed tones around each other, Captain No Fingers walks up to you and he goes, Are you be on my ship, but you'll be working, not standing around like a bunch of landlubbers. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you'll be helping Bubba. And Aranda. Who's Bubba and Aranda? They'll be getting these crates below deck. And he, like, does a nautical whistle. Um, and he... <laughs> Wait, can you, can you do a nautical whistle for us? <laughs> Jared, you could totally do it, do it. <laughs> I, I could, but I don't, I don't know. Do I don't think that'd go super do well it. in my life. Yeah, I don't think so. I'll, I'll... <laughs> okay. The dwarf man comes down from the top deck over to where you are. After a minute, orc man... A uh, half-orc man comes up from the bottom of the deck. They look really strong. And the captain tells you all to start hauling. And I think you guys uh, do some work on the ship. Um, <laughs> and I want to give uh, Kosef an opportunity. What about the goblins? What about them? I think they're just I think, passengers at this point. Yeah. They're refugees. Yeah, are, are, are the yeah, goblins just getting free passage? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's it. Mutiny! <laughs> who are you asking? Because who are you asking? Who's your character asking? Him? I am asking Kosef. Are these little tiny screwballs going to get out of doing all this work? How much did we even pay to get this ride, by the way, if we have to work on it? I mean, you'll have to talk to the captain. Captain, I'm sure they could scrub the deck, but what else could a one-foot-tall humanoid really do? The captain does overhear you, uh, and he... Uh, more likely to get in the way, really. He goes up to Kosef, and he, he asks, You have the skills to uh, work on my deck other than just being muscle. So what job will it be for you, lad? Uh, oh, I was going to guide my friends to make sure they didn't get in the way and knew what to do. Um, but if there's something specific you need, I can do that instead. Hey, we all have skills. Yeah, I brought plus six <laughs> in stealth. <laughs> <laughs> he, he goes, quiet, you. I have plus uh, six in performance <laughs> and persuasion. The captain is indicating that he knows that Kosef is a is skilled in in seafaring. So if there's like a thing that that you want to be in charge of, Kosef, uh, I'd be happy to let you 
Yeah, no, I that. I heard that. I just I don't have one. Okay. As for these lot, I guess they're passengers. Nothing we can do. Can you you are, uh, uh tiefling? You you were talking to the the fat one. Can you tell them to to stay the hell out of our way and that they'll be having none of our food? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you talking to him. Sidebar, sidebar. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sneak up to like Aziza, like not st- sneak up to her, but I'm gonna walk up next to her. But I'm gonna quietly tell her, you might be able to get a gig as a translator. You guys are all uh, <laughs> standing in front of the captain, and he would see you lean over and whisper, whisper to her. But you're welcome to do that. So be it. What do I get for translating for you? You get passage on my ship. That was the deal that I made with young Kosov here. You would work? Kosov paid for us. No. What? No. No, he did not. Wait, what? The agreement was that we worked for passage. That's right. Fuck. (laughs) And you will work for passage, or you'll be walking the plank. Alrighty then, I start picking up crates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you, you start picking up crates and you start moving it with Fine. the uh, the orc and the dwarf, and you're and you're moving it down, down. <laughs> okay, I guess I have to go talk to the fat thing. Uh, he points at you, uh, Xander, and goes, "You will have the keen sight, and you'll be going into the crow's nest." Yes, sir. <laughs> I have minus one perception. <laughs> he doesn't know that. Uh, this is going to be great. He sends you up to the crow's nest, and you go way, way, way up high onto the mast. Um, Aziza, he walks with you back over to the chieftain, and again, they, they, the, all the goblinoids clear the way, and they, uh, and he goes, tell them, tell them they, they're welcome to stay, but they won't be having any of our food, and that if they cause any trouble, we'll be murdering them. Holy shit. Mars, side note, you might be able to get them to do the heavy lifting for us. This is true. Did I hear that? Or am I, like, too distracted? No, I think you're just, like, below deck hauling things. <laughs> you're already moving shit, man. You're just too late for you. I, I know where my, my strengths are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Literally. You're, you're not the brain, you're the brawn. <laughs> okay. So, I approach the Goblin King. Chieftain. Chieftain. Yes, I approach the goblin chieftain, and I say... Hey, fuck face, though. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, that's just what I imagine you saying. <laughs> I obviously need to be more politically correct than that. That's why you carry heavy things, and I talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> so I approach the chieftain, and I say, The captain isn't going to let you have any of the food aboard the ship. What if we give treasure? What treasure do you have to give? I just say this all in Goblin. I don't want the captain to know what I'm saying. He says, where's my notes? No, he doesn't say, where's my notes? I say, where's my notes? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) He just pulls out a notebook out of his pants or something like that. Out of his fat folds. That's disgusting. Really? You had to go there? (laughs) We have the power powder. You, you, You understand him to say power and then the word powder. Okay. Like, that's how it would translate. What does this powder do? He does reach into his fat folds. And, uh... <laughs> had to go there. Now he had to use it as content! Pulls a pouch... <laughs> You're welcome. ...from under one of them, dusts it off, uh, and, uh, he reaches his, uh, tiny fat arm into this, this pouch that's only about as big as his hand, and he puts his whole arm into it like a Mary Poppins bag, and reaches around and then 
pulls out his hand and uh, there's like a white powder in his fists. Cocaine. He throws it and out of it comes a rope that snags in the air and he pulls on the rope and you can see that it would support his weight. And then he lets go and the whole rope turns into powder. Very interesting. I ask him what he... Okay, so how do you normally use this powder? He reaches his, his tiny fist into this pouch again and he pulls out another handful. Throw powder and will. 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 He throws it <laughs> out uh, over the over the deck, over the water. You guys are traveling along, so you see it float down behind you. And then once the powder hits the water, uh, it freezes over all where, where the powder touched. Holy shit. The captain sees this, and, he's, and the captain goes, What the hell is going on? <laughs> <laughs> so I looked at the captain and say, We're negotiating. And I turned back to the goblin king. <laughs> And I look at the goblin king or goblin chieftain, and I say, "That's some powerful magic you have." Food, water, passage. Mars, I have plus seven sleight of hand. <laughs> you are gonna reach into those fat folds. Seriously, <laughs> oh. that is what you are going to do into <laughs> stealthily, the sweatiness. Stealthily in reaching into those fat folds. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I want to ask him, how much are you willing to trade for this? Food, water, passage. And he, uh, he like, looks up and gestures at the, the captain, who he's clearly pegged as the captain. And uh, <laughs> he turns around toward some a couple of barrels that are on, still on the deck. And he reaches into this pouch and pulls out the powder and throws it. And rope sprouts from the powder and wraps the two of two barrels together and pulls them in uh, close together so they're like knotted together and the rope fades. I want that powder. I so I look at the goblin chieftain and I say, How can I be assured that not just goblins can use this powder? Uh, he he like cocks his head to the side like he doesn't quite understand you. Your words are strange. I look at him and I say, Let me test it. Not for you, spy demon. Or by women. And he waddles over to, uh, to Kosef. And, uh, he so I look at Kosef and I said, he's going to give you Wait, some power. Just try it. He gestures for, he gestures for Kosef to put his hand out. Am I supposed to snort this? <laughs> no. Are, are you going to put your hand it. out? Yeah, I'll put my hand out. Okay. He, uh, puts a thimble full of powder into your hand. Throw it. Uh, I throw it. Okay. Roll a D100. Like the special die thingies. Yep. 59. So everyone standing around who has like a pouch on them or, or have a bag over their shoulder, um, all of your all of your bags or pouches that are on you tip upside down and loosen. And not everything, but a bunch of your stuff, all of your guys' stuff falls out onto the deck. Damn it. You hear from below deck, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the... What? The uh, goblin chieftain gestures again at Kosef. <laughs> Yes. That's because he probably lost his pants, too. He dumps another thimble full, and he licks his finger, and he sticks out his tongue, and it's, like, green and bumpy. And he puts his little stubby finger on his tongue, 
and then he reaches towards your hand. Uh, uh, I, I let him. I like cringe slightly, but I still let him do it because I'm curious. All right, so he touches uh, your your middle finger, and it's like green mucus that goes <laughs> in your hand, and he curls your your hand into uh, a fist, and the mucus and the powder mix, and then he gestures a throwing motion. Is this safe after the last time? Aziza, should I keep doing this? I asked him for a demonstration. I'd like to know what the powder does. Alright, I throw. Okay, I want you to make a wisdom saving throw, Kosef. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh! No! That was too loud for the mic. That was a nat 20. You can either throw... Uh, an image of a person. You can throw rope like he did and can kind of control it. Uh, or you can throw basically ice crystals. <laughs> uh, is there any chance I can make an image of two people? Yes. Cool. Then I make an image of my wife and my daughter. You throw it out and on the deck as clear as day in in the uh, the overcast sky and on this bright day two figures stand a and it is of two people as you last saw them Kosif. fuck it's been two years I tear up a bit there is a uh, woman and daughter they both have a similar skin tone to Kosif, like a tan color and they both have black hair uh, the woman is pretty, and the daughter looks like an exact uh, in-between of Kosef and this woman. They look lifelike, and they're kind of smiling, and then after a moment, they fade. Kosef, who is that? <laughs> I need a moment. I turn back to the goblin chieftain you've demonstrated well enough the power of this powder so I turn to the captain and I said the chieftain said he will trade you some of this powder for food and passage on the ship Uh, on the condition that we drop half of your little meaty friends into a dinghy and send them back to firelight we do not have enough food for this many what? <laughs> okay, so I turn back to the Goblin King, Chieftain, and I say, The captain doesn't have enough food for all of your, for your entire company. He desires to send half of them back. It is a deal. And then... What an awful king. <laughs> he starts, uh, like, the, there's, there's some little goblins that are, like, near the railing, and the railing is, like, it... <laughs> The railing is like maybe like the 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 rails are um, the bars between them are like a foot apart and they only go up a couple of feet. Uh, and he starts uh, the ones that are looking out at the sea. He starts pushing them out. He just like starts pushing them into the water. <laughs> I run That's up. up. I run up deck because I hear things splashing with my sword drawn. What is going on? Just not even the boat. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Anthony, you see, uh, you see, um, Aziza, Sal. Standing there horrified. I am horrified, by the way. <laughs> Xander. I look very sad, by the way. Kosuf and the captain 
and also a couple of crew who have come to watch staring in shocked silence, except it's not silent because there's splashes as the chieftain is pushing uh, some of his people into the water. And most of them, most of them have like realized what's going on. They backed away from the edge. So I call out to the chieftain. I say, stop. He was, the captain will give you a boat. Yes, those are my people. And there can be more on board if I push more off now. But I will wait. But I will wait. And uh, he, the word starts to spread through the goblinoid people. And uh, I'm going I'm to push you guys on to the next bit here. So I think that he gets half of them into this dinghy and they're all crowded up. And he sends them on his way. He's collected his, his six warriors with the spears. They look a little bit stronger than the rest of the goblinoid civilians. And uh, they find a place, uh, they kind of make a makeshift uh, hovel with some empty crates that the captain got for them in the, the middle top of the deck. They, they, are, they seem to be content. Um, I think they give you like a little bit of the powder. They give the chief a little bit of the powder and, and then they say, we, like when we get close to the other side, they will give you basically ten times that. And it's like he's probably got like a pouch full. The the rest of the time, you're all on deck, uh, and you're all kind of working. Okay. I think, Kosif, you're working with the captain and the navigator. And um, the navigator, uh, his name is Blanchett, and he seems to be, like, a pretty friendly dude. And he like he seems to like the captain like you. Okay, so we all get along. Yeah, he's much like you, sailing background, understands the work, likes the work. Blanchett, tell me, man, do you have any family? Do you know what it's like to have a family? <laughs> oh my gosh. He's still an emotional wreck. Uh, well, I haven't uh, established a family yet myself. Uh, I, I have been uh, loyal at Captain Nofinger's side. Now, did Captain Nofinger's tell you why he's named Nofinger's? You know, actually, I've been wondering that. Well, Captain Nofinger's has named himself that. Because though his accent is quite like those who would steal and plunder he does not steal <laughs> i heard you start and i was like oh my god i can't keep together uh he, he does not steal he uh he does not have uh quick fingers and so he he takes pride in that he has no fingers that he is is an honest man with honest work i can get behind that i'm an honest man myself yeah so <laughs> you guys um you go below deck except for xander who's in the crow's nest uh yeah, you can come down from the crow's nest. I, I you, you you swap out with a. Well, I was up in the crow's nest. Did that count as a long rest? No, because that would be <laughs> kind of stressful. So I think no. Are you kidding me? I'm a negative one perception. How stressful can it be? You guys are called down <laughs> for food, and Bob is serving up some slop to everybody. And there's actually a lot of people in this boat. Um, besides uh Bob and the captain, Hecuba, Sal. The goblins and you guys, there are 10 other people on this boat and uh, they all run the show. They are all pretty weather worn and they're all different shapes, sizes, races and uh, colors. They uh, they look like they've been out doing this for a while. They're chatting amongst themselves. They are kind of uh, ignoring you, but you guys all, I guess, sit together. This ragtag team eating your slop that doesn't taste very good. Okay. 
this kind of goes on for a while and you guys get the feeling that there is some tension on the crew um i i think on uh on the second day during like the midday meal um the elf who you her overheard and the uh the dwarf uh bubba or xander you over overheard right right there's a clatter and their their food both their food spills to the ground as they stand up from their table. Bubba raises his fists up and, and goes, I'll knock you out and Marius uh draws a thin blade. Not a chance, little man. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, so we're all witnessing this, correct? At like a meal. Wait, fight, fight, fight. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're totally witnessing this. It's like the table next mm. to you. <laughs> under 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 my breath, I say that's the elf who I don't trust. The other dwarf to the group woman goes up to Bubba and goes, "Sweetie, don't. Now is not the time." And he like shakes her off and he goes, "Are they drunk?" Yeah, they've had drinks. They're not drunk, probably. It's midday. Okay. They've had like a okay. beer, maybe. Um, and he goes, "No enough charity. I'm tired of this bastard's loyalty." And uh, the captain's not in here, and neither is the navigator, Blanchette. Um, and Kosef, you're also... No, Kosef's down here. Um, but th- they're up in the captain's quarters up, up top. And the mess in the mess hall is everybody else, though. And everybody's, like, staring. And uh, the orc who's helping you guys move the stuff earlier, he uh, stands up and stands next to the elf Marius, and, and he goes, Bubba, you ain't got no chance against both of us. Ebony, who is the the dark-skinned woman who uh, helped you guys get the help tan below deck, she stands up next to Bubba and Charity and, and goes, "Enough of this. The captain would not approve of such behavior." And Marius goes, "You don't have a say, Ebony. We're tired of this. You know, no fingers is incompetent and always has been. And we need to discuss some new terms." And uh, they're they're kind of everybody's kind of uh, just sitting sitting in in. In waiting. Told you! <laughs> okay, so can we get involved, I guess? Yes? I'm just gonna stand up. Well, okay, well, I guess go ahead, Mark. You, uh, you can do whatever you want. I'm giving you the opportunity to, but if you don't, I'll uh, I'll continue on. I know. Hey, I was first. And I'm scary, remember? <laughs> <laughs> Are there any of the goblin things downstairs? Um, I think the goblinoids have kind of... You find them in inopportune places, like you find them in the uh, the outhouse rooms, which are like not outhouse; they're like in house. You you'd find them occasionally just in random places where they shouldn't be, and there probably are a couple that are in this room, hiding behind counters or crates or in a cabinet. Okay, so I stand up and look at the two of them and say, "What's the disagreement?" To the, you say that to the goblins or the to the people? To the people. I'm not. I was just checking to see if any goblins were in the room. (laughs) Okay, okay. Marius, she, uh, with her long blade, she points it at you, Aziza, and she goes, You stay out of this, you ugly demon. It's none of your fucking business. Fighting words. She turns the knife back to Bubba. Ooh, I could be scary. Do I want to be scary? I don't know if I want to be scary. I'll tell you this. If you look at your, your stats, you have high charisma. I'm just going to point that out. And That's true. Okay, so I'm going to try and be persuasive. Okay, how? Just because you desire a change doesn't mean somebody needs to die. Um. Okay, do you do anything else or you just say that? Give me liberty or give me death. Oh my god. <laughs> no, I think I just say that. 
Actually, no. Yes, I use a spell. Can you use a spell? Yeah, certainly. I want to detect the thoughts of the elf. Um, yeah, you can you can know what her surface level thoughts are um, easily as you cast the spell, but they are the same as she seems to be projecting, which is that like she's ready to to take action and that she is unhappy with the way things are, and you can probe deeper, you know, a more complex emotional state. Or something that looms large in her in her mind, she will know, and you might fail though. So it's up to you if you want what if you want to do. Right? No, I think I'll just stop there. She's serious. You get that feeling. Okay. Um, and I'll have you make a persuasion check. So I got fourteen. She bares her teeth at you, flips the knife around, and puts it back in a sheath, and points back at the dwarf. It won't be long, Bubba. Just because you're making friends with demons doesn't mean things are different. Uh, she leaves, as does a couple of other people. The uh, the orc leaves. The halfling that you maybe saw earlier leaves. The the dwarf woman who is standing next to Bubba, Charity, she, she follows Marius and looks back at Bubba and shrugs as she leaves. I'm going to sneakily follow them and sneak away from the group, hopefully undetected. So you're going to try to casually, like, leave? With everybody, yes. Well, But first, actually, before I leave, I'm actually going to tell the group under my breath, I think if we want more information, we need to probe a little deeper. I'll go see what I can find out from them. Sounds good. Okay, so I'm going to sneak and follow them out. Everybody kind of goes back to eating, or at least the people who are remaining. Um, It's much quieter now. Uh, I'm assuming that Xander, you like maybe put your food bowl away and then go yeah. try to follow them casually. Yep, okay. yep. Um, yeah, you go down and you go towards like the quarters, and uh, you do you hear over pe- you overhear people talking. Okay, so like it's the first like first mate quarters. Um, is the door shut? Um, so there's the first. So like that's not where you are. You guys are at the mess hall, which is at the end. It's like at the front of the ship, uh, on, on the like first level down, between you and the back of the ship, where the first mate's office would be. Would be the main uh like sleeping quarters, living quarters, and that's where you overhear people talking. Is from the living quarters. Okay, from the living quarters. Is there still a door? Door shut or door open? No door? Um, the doors are cracked. Okay, I'm going to sneak close to the crack and see what I can hear. You hear uh, angry whispers, and you hear the elf Marius, the first officer. Charity, your husband has his mind at the wrong place. We all know No Fingers has no idea what it's like to be a true leader. He is going to make us dead or captured. I can't stand it anymore. There needs to be new leadership here. And Charity goes, I know, I know, I know, but not yet. Can we please make it to the Maple City first? Xander, make a dexterity saving throw. <laughs> okay, that is going to be a 20. Okay, uh, at the very last second, <laughs> you hear somebody striding towards the door, and you jump back, and you uh, jump back towards another room, open it and close the door, and it's <laughs> it's like a broom closet. and <laughs> Convenient. Oh, so convenient. You hear steps go out and down the hallway. Okay, so are we still focused on me, or are we back in the mess hall? No, we'll be back in the mess hall, um, and... 
Blanchett came down <laughs> to get some food and goes up to Kosif, and clearly there's tension, and he's like, Kosif, uh, what, what's going on? Put this on me, why don't you? Um, <clears throat> Blanchett has spent some time with you. He's like, he knows you can navigate, he knows you know a ship. It's been a while since you said anything. Ugh, no good at lying. Um, well, it seems uh, some of the crew had a disagreement, a uh, pretty loud one. It seems not everyone here is so happy with No Fingers' leadership. The half-elf, the bluish-skinned half-elf who met Aziza earlier, Silas, he leans in as he's like walking by. He's like getting another bowl of food, of slop. And uh, he leans in and says, Well, isn't that an understatement if I've ever heard one? Blanchett, I think they planned to mutiny, and I think it best the captain knows. Well, yep, there you go. Good luck, Blanchett. As I take a bite of slop, I'm like, Is this slop or is this just goblin garbage? (laughs) 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 Wow. Uh, that joke was so horrible, it was funny. Um, the large woman, Ebony, uh, she comes over, and she looks at Blanchette and nods and goes, The captain probably knew that this was coming. He's not stupid. He may have his flaws, but he's not that stupid. I hope. Bubba comes up to you all, the dwarf. Yeah, we have a real problem. Marius... She wants to be captain. She has wanted to take over that position for a long time. She doesn't like some of us on the boat. I don't think things are going to go very well over the next couple of days. I would ask you all to help us maintain the status quo on the deck. So I look at Kosef. Hello. I am looking to read your thoughts or see if you have are displaying any body signs of discomfort. Like, how do you feel about this? Just ask him. But he's standing right there, so, you know, non-verbal signs would be better. Wait, why can't you just, like, use the same spell that you did to read his surface thoughts? Or is that one? I guess I can. You can do that. Yeah, I'm going to do that then. Okay, uh, hey, Kosef, what are your surface thoughts? (laughs) (laughs) So, real quick, specifically, what are we trying to... You're trying to find out my thoughts on specifically what? Like, on everything, or is there... So, I'm trying to find out your thoughts specifically on what side of the mutiny you're on. If Aziza Aziza cast it on an NPC, I know all the NPC's thoughts and motives, so I can tell you. But I can't tell her Kosef's thoughts and motives. Wait, wait, why are you checking my thoughts? What about everyone else here? (laughs) (laughs) Because you're the one who got his passage on the ship. You're the one who knows him. Oh, gotcha. Kosef, I think that with your time with Blanchett, you would see some reason why some of the crew would be upset uh clear like you you've seen blanchette uh take orders from marius the elf you you would see marius's true competence at leadership uh snappy perhaps but she's very very competent and you know that Blanchett, he's loyal to captain no fingers absolutely and you you've been helping them navigate and make sure that they uh, you know, it's been like one night, and so you've helped them navigate with the stars. You've been learning the way they do things on the deck. It's been a while. Maybe you're a little rusty, but 
you you know this this is all coming back to you it's very familiar but you would see that uh captain no fingers he is a distractible guy and he is well-intentioned but he is probably not great with his finances and keeping track of everything you feel like there's a decent reason to have a probably marius would be a better leader but she is not the captain so aziza when you read my service thoughts what i would be feeling about the situation is i would prefer to keep no fingers just because i'm more concerned about our passage than who actually runs the ship like right we're more concerned about getting there than you are about who how we get there right and 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 i've Exactly. And so I feel like it would be safer just to keep the status quo. That way it's less likely for the terms of our passage to, like, exactly. Yeah. Aziza, I got to interrupt you guys. Aziza, you feel these surface thoughts and you feel like there is a large and deep underlying reason why Kosif's surface thoughts are what they are. There is a huge reason behind why he wants to keep the status quo, and you can probe deeper with the spell, and on a successful save, you'll know what those are, um, but he will know that you probed his mind, and right. he otherwise would not. I don't know if he cares. <laughs> I don't know how that spell works, so you tell me. Well, okay, so the, the spell works like she gets to read your surface level thoughts, and you don't get a no. And just what you told her, you you told you told her the main reasons, like why, like you told her how you feel about it, mm-hmm. but you did not mention the reasons you feel that way. Okay, okay, right. But there are reasons. Right. I yeah. I just don't know how the rest of it works. So the the rest of the spell is she can probe deeper to find those reasons, but you instantly know she was reading your gotcha. thoughts. Okay. Yes, I would agree with what you're saying about what okay. surface and what else I could reveal. Right. Right. Okay. Um. No, I'm probably good then. Um. As soon as she asks, like, coast of this, and Aziza is thinking this, I'm gonna mutter under my breath. I'm just like, we have bigger problems to worry about. Uh. Sao, who's been eating with you, leans over to Anthel and goes, What do you mean? Dragons. We should be trying to... I don't know why anyone's arguing about anything when the world's coming to an end. Sao leans back and kicks up her feet onto the table and leans back. Well, I think I'd rather not drown in the sea. So my concerns are that we make it all the way there. Yeah, fair so I turn away from Kosef, and I, th- I think we all agree then. Um, you guys, uh, that's not like a, a set in stone thing. If you guys change your mind later, you're totally welcome to do that. Um, but I, I just want to point you guys in that direction and, and say, you know, that go for that for now. Um, I think that... Yes, of course. Uh, you all are the last ones there. Xander would join you later. And I think you guys, do you guys fill in Xander? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Do you absolutely. let him know? Xander, do you tell them what you overhear? I tell them what I like. What I tell them is what I remember right now, which is Ebony wants to hold off the mutiny until at least Maple City. Okay. Do you tell them about the conversation between uh, the first officer, Elfamarius, and uh, Bubba's wife, uh, the dwarf Charity? Yes. So you guys are all telling each other everything, and uh, that's always nice to see my party working together. <laughs> You guys are just kind of contemplating your your situation and how you got stuck here. And I think what happens is 
Hecuba joins you after everybody's left the mess hall and uh, closes the sliding, the large sliding door to the mess hall. Hecuba, Hecuba says, you all have some learning to do. And she sets her bag on the table and it kind of, it's a soft bag and it kind of collapses around. There is a softball-sized purple gem on the table with a silver light inside and a slightly smaller green gem. And the green gem looks a little bit different than it did before. There are geometric edges that have started to form on its uh, previously round surface. Before we make the next part of our journey, you will need to know what you're up against. Thank you.